we've been talking about dragons forever, and we've never talked about if you could hoard something, what would you hoard? Let's roll it. Books and minis, Dan. I got, I got an eleven. <laughs> I got a fourteen. So I got eleven as well. No, no, you, you I'm, I'm the green one. You're the I'm red the one. green one. No, no you, I'm the green one. You're the red one. one. Uh, uh, women. No. Uh, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> Men. <laughs> uh, no, if I was going, if I was going to hoard something, it would be um, money. No, uh, like you mean physical objects that you would just have like a collection of. Mm. I don't know, antique books. Right. I, I read a lot. I have antique books, and I look at my shelf of them and go, "That's not enough. <laughs> there needs to be more." That's not enough. No, I I need that. What a second edition. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. For me, I. Um, you, you, Women, you cut no. Terry straight up fucking called me out. He would he, like dice and minis and books. Like just give me all of the nerd shit. My my wife is uh, a bit of a minimalist uh, when it comes to things. So like our main living space in our house is fairly minimal. I get all of my like collective shit in my in my little room here. So uh, this is where I, my coin collection is. Where my I collect a bunch of shit. I got uh. All of the like Dungeons and Dragon magazines from the '90s and not. Right. I'm collecting those right now. So, um, that's that's, yeah, really? nerd books, nerd shit. Give me, give me useless nerd shit. Sure. I think um, uh, CrossFit chicks. Yeah, this one's women. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, maybe. I think I would like to be. I would like to be more. I don't know. I'm gonna try and say that which is not shallow. I don't know, guys. Just fucking jerseys and hats and clothes and shit. That's what I want. <laughs> Honestly, shallow stuff. Shallow. Actually, I like variety. I like mixing it up and things. But like over the past, you know, variety year or is a so, good stripper name. I, <laughs> over the past, over the past year or so, we've all been knowing what the world's been going through. She's the spice of life. To do that. But actually, oh no, no, I have a better one. I have a better one. When I was younger and I played Warhammer, I was obsessed with terrain building and building like yep. the the this uh, maps and stuff like that. But I would want that all over my house so that it would just essentially look like Legoland, but we're, with like better scenery and things. But I can't do that because I know you can't live your life like that. But I would essentially just have a, live a map your down dream, Terry. Then I just have to create a miniature you have world to, that I can lord over. You <laughs> have to live your life like that because I've got kids and there is no way in hell I'm leaving like random pieces of terrain around the house. I can't do that though, Dan, because the other the regular people don't understand. And so when they come in... And the I'm regular people s- are going in your house. We're in a freaking pandemic. Well, Live your life. Look. You do you, boo. <laughs> Call me boo. <laughs> I can't handle this. Damn, you fucked me up. Welcome to It's a Mimic with your DMs, Adam, Dan, and Terry. Welcome to another episode of the It's a Mimic podcast, the roundtable Dungeons and Dragons discussion where you never know what you're going to get. Adam is laughing during my intro. I am Terry, and with me are Dan and Adam. And today we're talking about gold dragons. This is... I try as hard as I can... You did a bang-up job, Terry. All you did really well. To stick by what we need to do, I have my notes, I have what I'm going to say highlighted, <laughs> and you two is just fucking chaos. Uh, we were up late, playing D&D, that, that's I what this is. Play, playing a competitor's game. <laughs> uh, but we, this is it, we've made it to the end of the core dragons, yes. would you say? Yeah. 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 Standard dragons. 
with Gold Dragons that it, it felt, it feels like it's been a long time coming. You know, it feels like we've been doing this for a long time now. Well, how many, how many, well, there, there's the chromatics, there's, so there's the five chromatics, and then there's the five, oh, well, six, I guess, metallics. Nope, five. There's only five? Yep. All right. Yeah. So, 12 episodes? 10 episodes? Good <laughs> God, math is not your strong suit today, Not right man. now. And I love, and I've loved all nine episodes. I really <laughs> <laughs> Everyone but Silver Dragons. But, for, <laughs> but let's waste no time. Let's let's jump right into to Gold Dragons. Let's, we'll find out a little bit about their, their environments, their personality quirks. I'll talk about their stats and their layers and their regional effects and abilities with you. And then, uh, and then I'll let you two talk for a little bit, as is the you, case with the dragon episodes. Yeah. Um, I shall talk a little bit first. Uh, but gold dragons are widely regarded as the most powerful and majestic of the metallic dragons. Gold dragons are also d- dedicated foes of evil as well. Um, a gold dragon has a, a sagacious... Sagacious? Is that how you say that word? What does sagacious mean? Yep. Uh, looks like a sage. Really? Yes. You know that? It's yes. For sure? Okay. Gold dragons are Sagittarius, uh, <laughs> anointed with flexible spines that resemble whiskers. Its horns sweep back from its nose and brow, echoing with twin frills that adorn its long neck. Uh, so they're basically, yeah, I guess very majestic. I kind of picture them as like, well, they are pictured in, in the book as being like that old sort of Chinese dragon. Type they got the Fu Manchu mustache, right? Yeah, yeah they, they very much exude that idea of like the old man on the hill that you go in. Yes. Right? Yeah. Uh, but they are also, of course, uh, devourers of wealth as well. Gold dragons can eat just about anything, but their preferred diet consists of pearls and gems. Uh, thankfully, a gold dragon doesn't need to gorge on items um, itself on such wealth to feel satisfied. Um, gifts of treasure that can that it can consume are well received by a gold dragon as long as they aren't bribes. So they actually like to eat their hoard. I, I like all dragons to eat their hoard because how else do you carry it around? Right when when the red dragon. Kills the green dragon and like this is my horde now. How how, how did does he get a shopping cart? Like yeah. what the fuck is? No, oh no, I, I he the, eats the, that gold and, and spits it out. I I I, I disagree. I, all dragons to me should have some sort of magical spellcasting ability, and they just bamf it to their hidden space. Yeah, but wormlings don't. I think I think that they should have the they should eat their horde and spew it up again. I don't like the idea of bamfing it because I think that's uh I think it's a cop out and I think that when they well, just fuck be, you too, Terry. When they just be, <laughs> it's it's one of those things that's, okay. Damn, <laughs> do you know what this reminds me of? When people don't want to go on the journey, they're just like, and five days passed and you arrive at the castle. That's a hand that wave is. it, yeah. Yeah, it's just a hand wave. Um I don't like it. Uh, but they're also reserved shapeshifters. Gold dragons are respected by the other metallic dragons for their wisdom and fairness, but they are the most aloof and grim of the good aligned dragons. They value their privacy to the extent that they rarely fraternize with other dragons except their own mates and offspring. All the gold dragons can assume animal and humanoid forms. Rarely does a gold dragon uh, in disguise reveal its true form. In the guise of a peddler, it might regularly visit a small town to catch up on local gossip, patronize honest businesses, and lend a helping hand in unseen ways. In the guise of an animal, the dragon might befriend a lost child, a wandering minstrel, or an innkeeper, serving as a companion for days or weeks on end. So basically hidden in plain sight. That's one of the things that I really like mm-hmm. about this, is they, they take a second to talk about them turning into animals, and it's not just... People walking around. Everyone always assumes a dragon is a banker or an advisor or, yeah. you know, even like a beggar if they're going to subvert the trope. But, I mean, no one looks at a cat and goes, ah, fuck dragon. Yeah, there's one. <laughs> Any ginger cat. Yeah. <laughs> like, there it is. <laughs> Little bastard. <laughs> 
For they are master hoarders. A gold dragon keeps its hoard in a well-guarded vault deep within its lair. Magical wards placed on the vault make it all but impossible to remove any treasure without the dragon knowing about it. I have one small problem, and it's because it That's says a lie. it says there are small magical wards on its vaults in the middle of its deep dark of its lair. Yeah, the gold dragon has no innate spellcasting ability anywhere in any of its stat blocks. Okay, so it's able to cast the wards on its thing. No, but it could hire a mage. And why can't? I guess that's true. Here's yeah. the, I think I brought it up with you guys before. Why can't dragons be wizards as well? Strahd's a vampire and a wizard. The, the dragons can learn spellcasting, surely. The intelligence is high enough to definitely be able to, to learn the odd thing, but... Yeah, it's weird that they don't innately cast spells, but most of the dragons don't, which is a big oversight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's talk about their letters. So, gold dragons make their homes in out-of-the-way places where they can do as they please without arousing suspicion or fear. Most dwell near um, idyllic lakes and rivers, mist-shrouded islands, cave complexes hidden behind sparkling waterfalls or ancient ruins. I kind of stick in with the whole wise men on the hill thing. I kind of imagine that beautiful waterfall that's like taller than any waterfall off in the middle of the mountain somewhere that's incredibly difficult to get to. And they're just kind of hidden beneath it somewhere. Um, for me, it's it's a lot of this looks aquatic. You know, they're by lakes and rivers on islands or uh, with waterfalls and stuff like that. Well, they got a swim speed, so... They got a swim speed and all that. I think it's because gold dragons just want everyone to see how much they sparkle, so they just make sure they get it nice and wet. You're so just still sparkle. you're still pissed off about the Silver Dragons episode, right? You're just, like, tearing down gold to make silver look better? Silver's better than gold. Right, okay. Look. Sure, Dan. Dan, <laughs> it's just not. Okay, and we don't need to have this discussion again. Second place is okay, Terry. It's, it's the first loser, according to No Fear shirts in the late 90s. <laughs> this is why no one will remember your name. Ouch. That's savage. That was savage. That even was, after that I was, said it. Even that after was, I that, said that it. hurt. I did, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like the idea of them being around like ancient ruins, too. Like They've been around long enough that right. they've watched civilizations fall, and they move in to... I don't know, keep the land sacred or or, mm-hmm. yeah. or take it over to, to pay homage to the people that came beforehand. Uh, I like them as, as keepers of knowledge, as the old removed member of society, and their lairs kind of feel that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, let's let's take a look with the lair actions as well. So, standard lair actions. On initiative count 20, um, the dragon takes a lair action to cause one of the following effects. So the first one being the dragon glimpses the future, so it has advantage on attack rolls, ability checks, and saving throws until initiative count 20 on the next round. Remember, it can choose to do this once per round if it likes. Yeah, it could just always have advantage. No, you can't use the same one twice in a row. You can't? Oh, you can't? Oh, sorry. That's absolutely right. That's the one line that I didn't say. Yeah. That's the one line I chose to skip was that you can't do the same effect two rounds in a row. You're absolutely right. But even still, though, every other round. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind, I mean, that's super powerful. Yeah. I'll I'll give them that. Um, But I think it's on point. I don't really see a a problem with, this is a gold dragon. These are like the kings and queens of the dragons. (laughs) Like, I think they need, and the fact that they're so wisdom based, um, I I feel like it makes sense. Uh, I I really like this for gold dragons thematically. This fits as the old wise, just a little glimpse, five seconds into the, and it's not so much for me like he's time traveling. He just 
has seen this. He's before. seen it before. He knows what's. You're not happening. the first yeah. battle master to show up. Exactly. <laughs> he knows how you. Work. And he uses quotation marks on battle master. Come yeah. on, yeah. <laughs> yes. Battle apprentice. <laughs> uh, but the other one is one creature the dragon can see within 120 feet of it must succeed on a DC 15 charisma save, or will be banished to a dream plane, a different plane of existence the dragon has imagined into being. To escape, the creature must use its action to make a charisma check contested by the dragons. If the creature wins, it escapes the dream plane. Otherwise, the effect ends on initiative count 20 on the next round. When the effect ends, the creature reappears in the space it left or in the nearest unoccupied space if that one is occupied. Love it. I love it too. Uh, DC to get stuck in it is a bit low for an ancient if you're fighting an ancient slayer. Adults, I think this tracks. Mm -hmm. Um... But that's covered by the fact that an ancient charisma modifier is a plus nine. Yeah. So good fucking luck, bard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, well, no, the bard's going to do it because charisma caster, right? But rogue and barbarian are going to have issues here, right? Like, this is going to take out your fighty fighters. I, 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 I'm not so sure because if you have your gold dragons, uh, like, it's a, it's a contested charisma check. So, yeah, your bard has that high charisma, but you can only go up to 20, right? So, even if you are max level, you only have a plus 10, whereas the dragon's got a plus 9, and that's not including any sort of proficiency bonuses or anything else I want to add to that. Yeah, but there's enough ways to get advantage on shit. Players players mess with dice, they get fucky, they'll, they'll find a way. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I don't mind the DC being a little bit lower because this is a lair action. It's not like part of their like their primary turn, you know. Yeah. It's yeah. an it's an additional thing that gets thrown in there, so I don't mind that it's a little bit lower. The only thing I don't like about it is from a personal point of view is I don't like when player characters are removed from the game. And that's only because of what I've said to you guys before, which is like you wait all week and you get super excited to play D and D. You finally fight in the ancient gold dragon, and you just get fucked off. Like, it's, well, it's your job as a DM to put something interesting in that dreamscape. Right, yeah. that's correct, absolutely. And and it is only for a turn. Yeah, yeah. Or if there's a way you can contribute somehow from yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, let's talk about regional effects. So the region containing a legendary gold dragon's lair is warped by the dragon's magic, which creates one or more of the following effects. Number one being whenever a creature that can understand a language sleeps or enters a state of trance or reverie within six miles of the dragon's lair, the dragon can establish telepathic contact with that creature and converse with it in its dreams. The creature remembers its conversation with the dragon upon waking. I just want to be the first one to say I absolutely love this. Yes. I have a question. What's a state of reverie? Do they mean that 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 moment, you know, your vinegar strokes moment? What is, what is it? What is your definition of a state of reverie? When is that ever going to come is up? Is that like when you uh, kind of you zone out for a second? I I think it's when you get blackout drunk. Mm. It's when you get blackout drunk. And then have your vinegar strokes moment because one usually leads. What the fuck the... is a vinegar strokes moment? It, oh, it, yeah. it, you ever you ever smell vinegar and you get that face like vinegar? <laughs> that's that's your vinegar strokes moment. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, God. I, I I could live the rest of my life Damn. never having seen that face again, and it will still be a horrible, horrible life, wrought with nightmare and misery. Dungeons and Dragon coast for hire, coach. Co- what am I? Co-host for hire. If anybody has another podcast they'd like me to feature on? <coughs> you really sold it with that coach. Yeah, exactly. I'm good One with voice. I shit my way I'm through good this with voice. voice. Number two. 
Banks of beautiful opalescent mist manifest within six miles of the dragon's lair. The mist doesn't obscure anything. It assumes haunting forms when evil creatures are near the dragon or other non-evil creatures in the mist, warning such creatures of danger. What do yeah. you think of that? Sure. I, I like that. This really does feel like a different kind of dragon. This is mystical. It feels... I like this. Really, does feel like the old um, Chinese dragon feel, as opposed to the medieval, like English and Germanic dragons. Yeah, one. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's because it's it's mystical, it's reverent, it's it's beyond just magic and terror and teeth. Yeah, right. Which that's is right. what everything else has. Even even the other um, metallic dragons, they have a sense of you can converse with them they're they're people they're just dragons too mm -hmm. these guys feel a step removed they're almost celestial yeah that celestial is a great great word for it feels i when i was doing my research i felt as though they were like part of the weave almost mm -hmm. it's like they're they're not here on this plane it doesn't feel like it feels like they're part of everything yeah Okay, final one. Gems and pearls within one mile of the dragon's lair sparkle and gleam, uh, shedding dim light in a five-foot radius. If the dragon dies, the effects end immediately. Makes so, sense. So I like that because those are the things that he eats. So they like sparkling. Go, ooh, food. All right. <laughs> do you think that he consumes them, or do you think he just uses them as like like kidney stones? Like passes them back out again, or do you think? Yeah, just as large form fiber. Um, you know, there are some animals that will actually eat stones and they, they sit in their stomach and helps them break down complex foods and whatnot. Yeah. And then they, they pass the stone afterwards. Right. And you could tell because all of these stones around are little piles and they're really smooth. Mm. Well, pearls sound like that to me. So I'm wondering if, if well, your players go and they, they make all these, like this pearl jewelry and the dragon's like, Ooh, ah, uh, do you know where that's been? Don't um, touch the one that looks like a giant Malteser. <laughs> the one thing I will say about gold dragons is um, they are incredibly heavily inspired by traditional Chinese um, depictions of the dragon, right. um, especially through all of the lore, their love for the wisdom and uh, proverb and uh, it's funny giving insight because their wisdom score is not that high. Yeah, neither is their neither is their int and these. Are supposed to be like the wizened sage, like. Well, remember, wisdom is of the natural world in D anD. d Charisma is knowing about people and how people work. So, so, so that that gives me like the traditional idea of wisdom is actually charisma in this case. Yes, yeah, yeah. and and uh, with all of the um, very you know Asian influence to this, like it it um, I don't know. Feels like we've got you know nine European dragons yeah. and then only the one Asian dragon, and that feels horribly wanting to me. Like I mean, uh, for, yeah, like Chinese is... lore has things like wood dragons and and there's other stuff out there in D and D and as much as these are the the ten core dragons, there's a lot more shit out there and I, I think it was. The brown dragons are are Asian inspired as well. Okay. Um, and I, yeah, those would be your wood dragons. I want to say your cobalt dragon as well from previous editions. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Your gem dragons were kind of a mixture between the two. 
there was like steam dragons and uh, air dragons. All the elemental dragons from previous editions were all Asian influenced and inspired. Like it's it's just that they they dumbed down for the monster manual. Here's the basic ten. Here's it's simple. There's nothing really to them. We give you some personality quirks and really basic stat blocks. Yeah, and you can kind of you can customize backgrounds and things from there. I always imagined like white dragons, for example, as being like heavily sort of Nordic kind of Viking, yeah. you know. Um, uh, so I think if you're right, Dan, in that it seems that this seems to be the only one which, by the book, is leaning in that direction. But I think fifth edition has made everything so customizable. You can easily adjust if you need to. I I, I agree with you. I mean, they're they're also the one that looks because they've got that serpentine neck. Yeah. Uh, whereas a lot of the other dragons don't necessarily have a very serpentine neck feature to them. Well, so. the necks are long, but they're more upright. Like, yeah. Like you think of dinosaurs, like Brachiosaur and and Diplodocus and whatnot. Yeah. They don't they don't carry with them that uh, movement that you would typify with a uh, Asian Chinese style dragon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They, they don't have you know fifteen guys in the neck walking down the road. <laughs> Okay, well let me uh, let me start to go through some stats and abilities, and we'll start with the with the gold dragon wormling. Uh, we'll identify some things that we think really need to be taken note of, and then we'll we'll go through um, as they age. So, um, green a gold dragon wormling, almost said green there, Dan. Medium dragon, lawful good. As a wormling, the AC is seventeen with its natural armor. Standard hit points is sixty. Speed thirty feet. Fly sixty feet. And Adam mentioned earlier swim speed, and it's thirty feet. Right off the bat, like I, I, I'm I'm. Surprised to see the Wormling get the swim speed and and the breathe underwater right off the bat because other elemental focused uh, dragons seems like it takes a little while for that trait to develop. I imagine that they would be born into the water, that their eggs may be under in a pool. Oh, that's cool. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, in a pool yeah. in the behind the waterfall or in the waterfall area, and uh, so they're they're probably the first thing they ever experience in the natural world is likely water. Yeah, I like the idea. You know, everybody always puts the black dragon egg in a in a pool of acid or yeah. the red dragon egg in, you know, the the pit of lava in order to hatch, but I feel like these guys would be at the base of a waterfall getting rained on. Yeah. Right? And shit like that in order to I would to even hatch. take inspiration from whatever that there's a I watch too many nature documentaries. That creature where they're they're the bird where they're born at the top of the cliff and the first thing they have to do is like fall. And it's like they have to fly. They go like tumbling down or something. I like the idea of actually the eggs being at the top of the waterfall somewhere. And as they come into the world, they, they fall over the waterfall. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool metaphor down. to them too. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's look at their stats. So starting off with Wormling, Strength 19, Dex 14, Constitution 17, Intelligence 14, Wisdom 11, Charisma 6. So we're, we're nope, noticing... 16. Nope. 16, excuse me, 16. Um, so we're noticing right away that Strength and Charisma and Con are their three highest ones. So, uh, yeah, with 19 for Strength, 17 for Con, and 16 for Charisma. Does that fit for you? Yeah, these are monster stats. I mean, all the dragons get big stats, but these are monster stats for CR3. Yeah. Right? So I'm, I'm happy enough with this. Yeah. Saving throws are Dex, Con, Wisdom, and Charisma. Their skills are Perception and Stealth. Damage immunity is Courses Fire. They do have Blind Sight for 10 feet. Dark Vision for 60 feet. Passive Perception is 14. Languages of Birth, Dark Hall, Whirlings is dr Draconic. Challenges 3. They're Amphibious, so the dragon can breathe air and water. Uh, their Actions for as a Wormling, they have their Bite. Um, they also have their two Breath Weapons. They have their Fire Breath, which is DC 13 Saving Throw for a 15-foot Cone. 
and standard damage is 22 fire damage on a failed save or half as much on a successful one. Their second uh, breath weapon is their weakening breath. So the dragon exhales gas in a 15-foot cone, so it's second cone weapon. Each creature in that area must succeed on DC 13 strength save or have disadvantage on strength-based attack rolls, strength checks, and strength saving throws for one minute. So basically an entire battle. A creature can repeat the saving throw at the end of its turn, ending the effect on itself and the success. What do you think of the weakening breath? It's a, it's a cool down for a minute. I absolutely love this. I want to see this for more things. Yeah. The idea that you just have disadvantage on a specific kind of check. Yeah. Yeah. We like just have a like a clumsiness one for decks and a um a like a hardiness sapping one for con. Yeah. Like take right? the inspiration and lead with it on the other stats, yeah. right? Um I like it because with this whole image of the gold dragon being the sage being this person you go to to like I had this dream, what does it mean? Or um, I'm stuck at this point in my life, can you give me some advice on where to go next? Um, this is the guy who's like, okay, if, if a barbarian comes up and talks to me and he just starts getting angry because I give him advice he doesn't want, <sighs> calm down. Yeah. Listen to what I have to say for a minute. I know you can't pick up your axe right now, so listen. Right? And and that's kind of the, the, the feeling I get with this. Can you imagine him unloading this onto a red dragon and how mad that red dragon would be? Oh, oh. just rage. Yeah. It would just be rage. so funny. But I also love the abilities that, and you guys know this about me from playing the game, it either affects the environment or causes the, the enemy or the opposition to not be able to do what they intended to do. So yeah, the barbarian now has to think differently because their plan going into this battle was to do their barbarian stuff. And that's been taken away. So now you have to think on your feet. Honestly, I find that this is really only going to affect barbarians, fighters, and paladins. Mm -hmm. Everything else is going to be decks or their spellcasters, right? Yeah. So you're not really hurting many parties with this. Um, I, I This would be one of those situations. I completely agree with you. This would be one of those situations where um, I would then put a strength-based challenge between the party and right. the dragon. Like, he's up on a spire breathes down on you now all of you have to get up you have to this, climb you have to climb up to get to him we call right? that the dope on the rope because really? there's a dope on a rope yeah oh because they're trying to climb and they're a okay. bit dumb because they're barbarian sure so a dope okay i love it <laughs> thanks for explaining it dan no worries we call that a dope on a podcast <laughs> <laughs> at least dan can speak that's my only job and i can't do that half the time Let's talk about young gold dragons. <laughs> Why am I the most sensible one? The past few weeks, I've been the most sensible person it's true. on this podcast. It's true. Um, it's that time of the year, I guess. Yeah. You, uh, yeah. you you get your energy from the sun and being outdoors, and that is what's mm. happening right now. Yeah, that's Come it. the middle of the winter, you are just a bedraggled piece of shit. And, and Adam and I are like firing yeah, on all cylinders because yeah. it's like, it's cold outside. I don't feel like a wet bag of shit all the time. What, what's that darkness person. always? I am a night owl. I need this. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I take a vitamin D pill so I don't have to go outside. Do so. you ever... You know I bet what, you do. I bet that's what you call it too. The vitamin D. Side question. You know, as uh, as you get older and things change and you kind of look at the way you were before... You grow hair. Where you just going? Your voice deepens. I just shaved recently. But the left side of <laughs> my face... Look, 
the left side of my face now grows facial hair. Yeah, so. it, look, it does look good. You've been taking pills for that, or thanks, Matt. No, no, actually, <laughs> another side, side one. Before I get to the side one, my uh, landlord was like, "How do I get all this shit for all of the like?" Because derailing. you keep interrupting people. Come on, Darren. <laughs> doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's okay. <laughs> all right. What was your other sidebar, by the way? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember. Oh, as you look at your life and you feel that you change and you're kind of adjusting and, and growing as a person, do you ever look back at the way you used to be and it makes you fucking cringe? Like, you can't even sleep. I think everybody does that at some point. It, some, when I think about some of the things I've said or jokes I've said because it was hilarious to me then, I'm like, don't do that, you fucking idiot. I, I think that, let's see, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me in the least. I've done some cringy shit, but I own it because you do the best with the information that you have at the time. And as long as you do that, you can't blame yourself. It's circumstances and scenario. I've since grown as a person. Now I know that was shit, and I wouldn't have known if I hadn't done it in the first place. That, Adam, that helped a lot. Thank you. That is some gold dragon wisdom. And your therapy is free, so that's good. Uh, uh, no, 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 only the first round. Oh, this is like testosterone pills. No, no, no. <laughs> when it comes to stuff like this, I'm not good wisdom because, like, I obsess over the shit I've said to people who did not give what I said a second thought. Yeah. For 100%. Like, the I, cruelest joke I ever played on Dan was making him edit this podcast so he has to listen to his words again. It's, <laughs> it's awful, there are moments where I'm like, I'm buff. Fucking idiot. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. And then there are times where I'm like, "Wow, who's this guy who's really, really smart?" And t- you that's know, Adam. Dispensing Adam, so the <laughs> dispensing the wisdom and the jokes. Oh, that's me. You're right. I can do that. Young gold dragons. Dan, you're absolutely right. But I'm trying to move on, otherwise I'll derail us all day. AC goes up to 18. Standard hit points go to 178. Terry just wants to regularly rail us. That's what's going on. Just want to regularly rail you guys. Uh, um. (laughs) They can now speak common and draconic, but honestly, go nuts with languages, okay? These are very intelligent creatures. They may be in an area where they can speak elvish or something, okay? Still amphibious. They now have a multi-attack because they have a claw attack as part of it. The DCs go up to 17 for their fire breath and their weakening breath. Comments on that. Uh, I like this just to touch briefly on what you said about learn Elvish and whatever. Yeah. Yes, specifically Elvish. These guys should be around elves. There are definitely those dragons that will be around dwarves and will clash with caves and mountains and that kind of stuff. These guys should be nearby elves. I can just picture an elven community having the emblem of a gold dragon. Yeah. Because the gold dragon peacefully lives with them. And like... And might not be in the standard like dragon form. Yeah, may may sit on a throne as a human being. You can or, imagine or the gold dragon being. as being like part of their council as well for like yeah. their elders or something. Playing the Gandalf role. Yeah, right? yeah, essentially. So I really think that we talked about there being European flavor and and Asian influence for these dragons and whatnot. We should really really look at the D and D. Races and communities and histories to show us what kind of dragons we would have in what areas. And we kind of do that with shadow dragons, mm-hmm. right? Like we get the, oh, it's evil, and a shadow fell over here, and here you go. Yeah. But why do we not have dwarven inspired dragons? Right. Right? What would be the dwarven inspired? That, that blue? Uh, no, blue's desert. I would say that uh, probably something along red, just because they're mountains and they're. Fire and you see, yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm coming from with that. Okay, um, you've got your half elves would be the probably the copper ones who are like the trickster, always or want to brass, talk to. Or, yeah, uh, sorry, bronze. 
one of the more social dragons, right? Like you can see where you could line that up in different ways, and that would open up to more kinds of dragons. Like what would a furbolg dragon be? All about nature, and you've mentioned a wood dragon before, right? And it yeah. would be it would be like that. So I can see there being different, more options and different kinds of dragons. And so the fact that we're stuck with a real world inspiration feels, eh, uh, it's an underhand pass. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So moving on to adult gold dragons then. So AC will go up to 19. Standard hit points go to 256. Of course, their stats are all going to increase. But the big thing we need to note here is that they now get their legendary resistances uh, of three a day. So if a dragon fails a saving throw, just to remind you, it can choose to succeed instead. They will also now get Frightful Presence. So Frightful Presence, the DC is DC 21. Um, and on a failed save, this operates within 120 feet of the dragon. On a failed save, the creature will become frightened for one minute. And we've talked about Frightful Presence so many times. Is there anything else you guys want to add to Frightful Presence before I repeat the same thing? Uh, I just wish it was an aura, and I wish it stuck. I wish you didn't just save and come back around later. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to big dragons, they need to have big effects, and they don't in 5th Ed. They just don't. Yeah. As a quick sidebar, do you think it's okay to add things in? Like I've said, hey, absolutely. I think dragons should be wizards and stuff and whatever. Yes, yeah. absolutely. But remember, when you add, that CR goes up. Yeah, 100%. So replace, don't add. Right. Yeah, good advice. Uh, so the uh, for the breath weapons then, the dragon um, fire breath weapon becomes a 60-foot cone. The DC becomes 21 for both of them. Breath weapons. So for the fire breath weapon, for the DC goes up to 21 now for their deck save. The damage is now 12d10 Woof. on a failed save or half as much on a successful one. Woof is correct. For the weakening breath, DC is now DC 21. It's still a 60-foot cone, same as the fire breath weapon. But in addition to both of these fire sorry, breath weapons, we now have chain shape as well. The gold dragon now gets legendary actions. <laughs> So a standard one, it can do detect, <laughs> it can now make a tail attack, or it can do a wing attack with DC 22 saving throw, or take 2d6 plus 8 damage, and the dragon can then fly up to half its flying speed. That's adult gold dragons. The thing that we kind of skimmed over was the chain shape, and again, we've talked about this with other dragons. It is so much fun because you are not limited to the same size. You just have to find something at a lower challenge rating, which... It's it, CR seventeen is everything. Yeah, if I want to look like a beholder now. I want to change shape to a young gold dragon. But but guys, <laughs> <laughs> well, why not? Why not a a brass dragon, an adult brass dragon? They can they can run around as chromatic dragons if they wanted. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to ancient gold dragons. I'll do this one in much more detail. Okay. So ancient gold dragons, gargantuan, lawful good. AC is now twenty two. Hit points at 28 D20 plus 252. That averages out to 546 hit points, Dan. That's that's a, that's a, that's a bunch. Yeah, that's yep. a huge pile of hit Speed's points. Speed's now 40 feet. The fly speed is 80 feet. The swim is 40 feet. The stats have gone to strength 30, dex 14, con 29, intelligence 18, wisdom 17, and charisma 28. For senses, blind sight's up to 60 feet, dark vision 120, and passive perception is 27. The standard languages are still common and draconic, but I think at this point we understand that they can probably speak whatever, whatever is appropriate. Yeah. Whatever's appropriate. This is also the dream dragon, so I, I I would almost give this guy telepathy. Just like he just looks at you and you get the visions, in, like the, the words in your brain. Yes, I mean, the telepathy is part of their lair action. Well, their, their whole there's, there's a lot of like influence on dream and understanding dream and you know, shunting people off to a dream realm. Um, 
You think that they would be able to move between those realms then? Right. Well, well, it's just, it's a realm that they dream into existence. Right. Right. So it's really just a little pocket universe. It's not really an entire, it's like a demiplane. It's a demiplane. Yeah. But like if, if the dragon is powerful enough to imagine a new plane into existence, demiplane or not, it should be able to speak to you 60 feet away into your brain and surface level thoughts. Yeah. I'm not saying like, fair one, yeah. I'm not saying like it, it, it is reading your mind and your deepest desires. It's not pulling that shit, but it, it should at least be able to cast message. Yeah, right? <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, I feel like it should have advantage on insight. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Um, okay, so for points to note here, Frightful Presence is now 120 feet with a DC 24 wisdom saving throw. Um, for the fire breath weapon, we've gone to 13 D10 fire damage, which averages at 71, and it's DC 24 dex save. Uh, it's now a 90 foot cone. Same with the weakening breath, 90 foot cone, but we have DC 24 save, uh, saving throw for that one. It, that's ridiculous. Like too high? Uh, no, it's not too high, but it is ridiculous. It is, it is just it's CR24. You're not fighting one of these things. No. Yeah, right. It's going to be very challenging, if obviously, you know, CR24 to have combat with these. But I think just because they're bringing just a little bit extra, couple of, you're going to be on the back foot a lot, I think. You know, the idea being that they, like Adam said, they've seen it all before. Yeah. There's nothing that you showing up as 19-year-old adventurer is going to be able to do to this dragon that it hasn't seen before. Exactly. Okay, well, we can actually roll some dice now. Woohoo! A little bit. Okay, so we'll we'll roll. I'll ask you guys a couple of questions as well. We can talk about the favorite mechanical aspect, favorite tier for combat, um, and on orthodox usage, go to combat maneuver. Whatever you guys want to comment on in that realm. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll keep it nice and flowing. I rolled a four. I got a natural twenty with my die, and I got an eleven. There so I'm we going go. Second. All right. Adam, you're going second. Sorry, ten. <laughs> So uh, what what are we answering here? Favorite favorite tier for combat with these what guys? Is, yeah, favorite mechanical aspect, and that can roll over into your favorite tier for combat. Uh, favorite mechanical aspect, I'm going to uh, nip this in the bud right away, is the uh, layer action uh, to shunt guys off into a dream realm for a turn. Okay. Um, I, I love that. I love the just, you're removed for now while I deal with this other problem. When you come back, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Right? Um, I think that's really powerful. I would like to see more of that with the other dragons because a lot of the other layer actions are like, I'll put up a wall here, but they're still engaged in the combat. There's not a lot of just straight up removal into a spot to mm-hmm. come back. Yeah. Um, so that's my favorite mechanical option of these guys. I I don't know, man. Uh, favorite level to play with them um, is, is Ancients. Like, I don't think you should fight these. These are the lawful good, the goodest lawful good. You are going to these guys to find some sort of information that has been forgotten by even the elves. Yeah. Right? That That's that's what you got. These guys are a social encounter, not a combat encounter, in my mind. So, um... I agree with you. There's got to be a way to fight them. Th- there does, and that's why there's a stat block. But that's the same reason why there's, like, stat blocks for, you know, Asmodeus. Asmodeus. Sorry. Uh... <laughs> fucking mozart <laughs> um like you have stat blocks for him but like you shouldn't fight him because he they... will beat the floor with you yeah but I, I hear what you're saying right it's like i don't think a party should choose to fight one but i think there's situations where you could make a game where that dragon has decided that it needs to fight you 
if it's maybe because they're 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 devout foes of evil if they have decided that hey what you're doing or the way you're going about it is not okay i should stop you from doing this i i would like to see these guys uh with their like low uh wisdom and inch scores which is weird to me um have these guys as um almost a scenery in a battle so like this guy's taking care of the other ancient dragon while your party's taking care of something else. Right. So you've you you've gotten the gold dragon on your side, and you as the DM need the stat block to fight against the other, like the the red dragon whose heart's been infused with the the essence I, of the fire elemental. I'm point. confused. Why is the quote unquote low int and wisdom, which is still oh. higher than what most of the party has, but um, having this guy possibly become mind controlled in some way shape or form um, oh that's where you're going with this would would be fun he's not immune to it he's not immune to very many uh status effects either so fire i think wasn't it yeah, yeah it's just fire so your charm magics would work against this guy i mean he's got a stacked charisma yeah but like your commands would work against this guy also legendary resistance also legendary resistance but once he burns through the three of those a third level command could tell this guy, you know, go fly over there. Yeah. I'm not sure. Once you start trying to mind control him, I can see him just going like, yep, all right, here we go. Roll initiative. Like, this is it. We're, I'm coming at you. Yeah. Like, you're weak. You're bamfed out. And now I'm going to fuck up you two. Stop your nonsense. Well, if, if you're casting command on the dragon, you are going to get that. And you deserve everything you get. Sure. But, um... Yeah, uh, my my favorite level for these guys is going to be ancient. So what about, Adam, for you, favorite mechanical aspect leading into favorite tier for combat? Uh, it's it, Look, honestly, favorite tier for combat is always going to be adult, so that they're a big enough threat during the majority of the campaign, but you can fight them later. Right. So that's, that's always where I want them. Your players should feel more powerful than a dragon by the end of it. So uh, they all want it. Everyone wants to get to level 20 to be a god. Yeah. So let them. Yeah. Right. So that's and that's how we feel about every single dragon until he's the, the you know the big bad at the end of of the whole campaign. But you need to take on an ancient red just to say we've done that. Yeah. Right. So, um, my favorite thing about this we haven't really talked about it is using, um, change shape in combat. Right. Why does he not dive down into the water and then pop up as a big ass crocodile? Right, just to, to drag you down. You should be flipping through the monster manual to say, hey, you know what? He's going to be a roper now. So he has that extra um, reach. And he's going to turn the corner. He's got this wicked fly speed, so he's going to get out of sight and turn into something else. Yeah. He has a round to prep, and then you come into whatever the first ability is that, that he wants to use from this new new creature. You have the whole monster manual at your fingertips. Yeah. And you can... You can go absolutely batshit crazy with it, short of, I don't know, probably, in my opinion, not constructs. But why would he not become, you know what, uh, CR24, why would he not become a phoenix? Yeah. Or even say if, if, if shit really hits the fan and he feels like, for whatever reason, he's not going to win this battle, just just die bombing off the waterfall and becoming a salmon, just mixing in with the rest of them and see you down the river, you know? like. Yeah, using this as a get-out-of-jail-free card. Is, I was thinking a hawk through the through a small like yeah. opening. Or, but bear with me on this, guys. Uh, under change shape, its statistics and capabilities are otherwise replaced by those of the new form, except any class features or legendary actions of that form. This thing has got an intelligence of 18. Now it's a fucking intellect devourer. Wow. With 
546 hit points. He will teleport into your head, eat your fucking brain, yeah. ride you like a mechanized suit for three rounds while you fuck up everyone else, and then just become a gold dragon. And that, I mean, your skulls go bang, and it's gone, right? You, <laughs> boom, bang, yeah, you, no, yeah. gold dragon You're again. You're on spot. Yeah. Right? You can get creative with this. If you have a gold dragon, let's say go crazy just because it's the standard for a good party to fight, you know, a good creature. They could terrorize a party. Become a mimic. Why not be a... I mean, you already have changed shapes, so don't necessarily become like a doppelganger. But can you imagine like one of these things is a cloaker? Having a gold dragon stats wrapped around your body, squeezing you to death? Right. Like, oh there is some crazy shit that you can do with this. Yeah. And we don't give chain shape enough uh, respect, I think. Right. For DM kerfuckery. Yeah. And my my favorite mechanical aspect for this dragon was actually chain shape as well. I wasn't thinking about what you were thinking about there, Adam, but just purely for how these dragons are, where they like to hide in plain sight and, and, and learn from being among the people and among the animals, it, it made that mechanical aspect that my favorite one. But for, for combat, I always just want to go straight to the ancients. I agree with Dan on this. Like I would like to fight a gold dragon in all of its glory, full power, to know that I have done that. Same thing as the red. It's just the opposite side of the, of the scale for me. But we can go same order. Oh, hold, hold on, hold on. I got one more thing for, for this, for sure. the crazy combat thing. This guy breathes, uh, breathes fire and has a swim speed, and he's amphibious. Why is he not lighting ships on fire from, from below? Sure. Yeah. Right. right? Like, there's nothing... The only thing worse than being in a burning building is being in a burning ship. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's. I feel like that should be, like, etched into a plank somewhere, like one of those farmhouse things. <laughs> Good point. Remember that. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like DM tip for here we go. Yeah. Like you, you can again really fuck with people just by taking their ship out from underneath them. He's strong enough; he can capsize the damn thing too, and then light it on fire. So you can't even hold on to anything as you're floating there, right? Yeah. Like, or, or I like oh, I like the idea of, of heating the water pools or the flowing water, which is around. It's lair. Yeah. So as you're wading through or you're trying to climb one of the smaller areas of the waterfall, that water is heating. Uh, it keeps talking about mist, right? Yeah, like, like these, these banks there. of opalescent mist. Yeah, and it gives you a, a reason to put exhaustion onto the party as well. If they're basically walking through a sauna. Yeah, I was just gonna I was just gonna say that. I really like the idea of being able to play with the fire plus water. Yeah. Hundred percent. And I mean if you want to give these guys the ability to be a wizard like you say, Terry in, um, I want to say Ravnica, they have what are called weirds, which are elemental combinations that don't make sense. Like the fire plus water elemental. Right. And stuff. So, like, having these things be, you know how wizards just like to, to create things, yeah. with, uh, like, monstrosities and shit? I can see a gold dragon just messing with some elementals every once in a while as well. Could this guy turn into a leviathan? I think he can. Yeah. I think so. I think everything except an elder tempest. Uh, I'd have I'd have to look it up, but yeah. But I mean, that's that's batshit crazy that he can literally become a force of nature. Yeah, this is Incredible. fantastic. I turns out Strahd was an ancient gold dragon the whole time. <laughs> oh my god! Takes no. He could turn into the kraken. Dan, why don't you kick us off with a go-to combat maneuver and an unorthodox usage? 
Uh, okay. Uh, go to combat maneuver uh, with this guy. I think I mentioned it earlier. It's the sit on top of the spire, breathe the weakening uh, thing down, and just wait for them to come up. Yeah. Right? On all of the party. Just mm-hmm. like, I'm up here, do that. Um, I would also, because of the aspect of dragons and how I think they are inherently magical, because we have draconic-blooded sorcerers for a fucking reason, um, have the area around this battlefield, which is basically a series of spires uh, that he hops to, um, push down, like make make... Make it difficult to fly in this. Uh, maybe this mist has made it hard to see. So yeah. getting lost in the mist if you're flying through it is easy. So I would have some sort of um, skill challenge to reach the gold dragon. Right? And it's not necessarily a fight against the gold dragon. He's just preventing you to get to, to him. And if you do, if you finally reach him. Alright, you're worthy. Let's have a talk. Sure. Right? I like that idea. Adam? The go-to combat maneuver, I, I kind of shot it early with the um, the shooting the ship from underneath, the breathing the fire into the ship from underneath, but there's no reason why you can't do this on a river or through a waterfall. Like, as as everyone approaches the cave with the waterfall in front of it, and just, just fire comes raining out of the waterfall, no one's going to see that shit coming. Everyone preps for fire when they go up against a red dragon. Everyone wants to go have a conversation with a gold dragon. Right? right. So I really feel like your your breath weapon, as powerful as it is, is not really being taken into consideration by most D&D parties mm-hmm. for the first time that you run into a gold dragon. You get an element of surprise with that breath weapon, and it packs a punch. Mm-hmm. Right? So I really like the the idea. And it's a cone, too, right? So um, it's it's not a it just a line. You're going to take out the whole party with this if they're not they're not paying attention. And again, you can sneak up on it because you can be a caterpillar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very well. Um, um, and what's stopping you from being one of the party members? We always talk about splitting the party. <laughs> can you imagine just like you, you pick up the, uh, let's say, paladin, drop him in a lake two miles away, and then <laughs> the paladin steps out of the out of the bushes and says, I don't, I don't even know how I got away from him. He just dropped me. It was crazy. <laughs> and just walks around. Now, you don't get any of the class abilities, yeah. right? Because that's written right into the chain shape. But you can just just infiltrate and learn. And as a lawful good creature, there's no reason why they wouldn't infiltrate to learn. Are these adventurers bandits? Are they grave robbers? Or are they out there trying to do good? Mm-hmm. And having them sit back and watch while you're robbing that store at level 2 cuz everybody does yeah is that's going to bite you in the ass the dm gets to sit back with that npc that's been with you since level 1 now now he's going to reveal himself in late levels to say hey i remember this i remember this and you would keep a tally good versus evil checks and balances i love it because it's because any time that adventurers start to get any type of uh, infamy it's infamy it? infamy infamy thanks Dan. infamy it's the start the gold dragon start to pay attention to them and it may even come across as little tests right the, he may even be like a bandit that robs them oh well you robbed us yeah but you melted my face like yeah you, and while i was while i was tied up after i surrendered yeah and i have no problem with the gold dragon sitting there saying the punishment fits the crime yeah yeah and you have straight up that guy tried to rob your rob you for three gold, 
and you just eviscerated his family in front of him because you are player characters. Yeah. And that's what you do. So, choose the member of your party that you would like to see eviscerated. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, we said before, like, uh, Silver Dragons were... You uh, said they were the Paragon of Good. They're, they're the Paragon of Good. Uh, we agreed on the podcast that it was the Paragon of Good. But that they had a certain amount of forgiveness to them. They they were willing to let slights pass um, in order to teach a lesson. The Gold Dragon's not that. I, like, I feel like they could. They are the, the old wise. They're expecting you to screw up so that they can teach you. But if you cross that line... But I also see them as the last line of defense for good against evil. So where if the Silver Dragon is forgiving... If the gold gets to a point where he's decided this is evil, I'm the last line of defense. I must now eradicate you because if I, I, I don't, you're evil that I've allowed to continue. I think the Silver Dragon has that same line. Um, he just uh, sees the potential for uh, redemption. I think the Gold Dragon sees it as well. He's lawful good. I would just say that he's not quite as fire and brimstone lawful good as your Solar. Yeah. Right. Sure. Okay, well on that note, we can cut to a commercial. Hello everybody. You guys know me as Coffee Bitch Dave. You've heard me on quite a few episodes at this point, as well as the Call of Cthulhu miniseries. Uh, I'm hijacking this commercial spot right now, just to let you guys know a little bit about the campaign builder. Adam and Dan are super into this, and they've done a really good job at not just helping you with the three pillars of, of D&D, but almost that fourth unknown one, and that's the transition between them. It really helps you learn a little bit more and keep your players engaged, which is one thing that I've found can be kind of hard. It's that downtime between exploration, role-playing, and combat, and they do a great job. Anyways, guys, check it out. You guys will like it. Go do it now. I mean, maybe not right now, because you're listening to another episode, but like when you're done, go to that now. Do it. Do it. Do it. And now back to the episode. So topic two, let's talk social encounters. So we'll roll in a second and we can go through favorite social or environmental trait. Then we'll move, move on to favorite tier for social encounters, standard social encounter, and then some allies and expectations that come with it. Okay, let's go. Cool. You ready? I missed the box entirely. I didn't even see the box. In uh, but you and I do need to re-roll. We tied with 11s. 10. 16. 16. Dan goes first, then myself, then Adam. So favorite social mechanic that they have and uh, favorite social or environmental trait or environmental trait um i i love this uh dan loves nothing <laughs> he's a miserable sorry my my, my train of thought just imploded um if you're having trouble referring to it as gold dragon you can also refer to it as better silver dragon if you want no no because that's not true that would be the platinum dragon himself which is the better silver yeah there you go Praise be Bahamut. Anyways, uh, my my favorite uh, social aspect of these guys, I, I love the the idea of them sitting on the hill as that wise old man. I've said it a couple times. I'm gonna keep hammering it. Um, the the I get Skyrim feeling with these guys as well. Sure. There's like he'll have a monastery built around the hot springs where he resides with a bunch of uh, uh, just chanting monks that that maintain the monastery welcome any who braves the mountain to come speak right and they're the ones who kind of issue out this uh test with them uh to prove who is worthy to speak and get sage advice 
Um, and I think this is really reinforced with this idea of this opalescent mist around where he is just um, sitting there in this mist and and you might not even see the gold dragon. You just see a shimmer in this, in this mist and uh, the booming voice reaches you or comes in through your mind, right? I, I don't think you necessarily have to see the gold dragon until... Um, he deems it necessary for you to see him, mm. right? Um, and I would have, uh, just to break the mold a little bit, I would have a campaign-long, um, or at least tier-long campaign arc where you are proving your worthiness to the Gold Rider. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good work. I like it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's me. Oh, that's me next. Uh, I'm going to piggyback off what you said. I like the... No, I'm not. I'm going to switch, actually. My favorite side <laughs> I was... Seem like, you seem like a switch, Terry. <laughs> my, fa- my favorite social trait, which kind of would tie into a combat thing, but I'll explain what I mean, is the, is the regional effect they have where they can communicate telepathically with, um, with creatures that are a certain distance from their lair. Because... I see that as a social encounter that you could have to either prevent or adjust how the combat encounter is going to go later. Because I imagine the party, you know, the night before, let's have the long rest before we go and climb the mountain and kill the dragon. Let's make our plan. Everybody decides on what they're going to do. And then they go to sleep for the night and the dragon will start to communicate with the wizard or whoever's been put in charge as a way of... Obviously, they know how things are going to go. But I imagine it almost like, you know, when Xavier and Magneto play chess and they're enemies, but that's where they kind of, that's okay, the cool. real game going on there. And I can imagine that happening with the wizard saying, we both know the barbarian is not ready and we know what he's going to do and we know what I'll do to him. And the wizard being like, I know, making their move, you know, in the chess game. I am far more devious than that shit, Terry. You got to take it a step further. Okay. What you have to do is these regional effects hit and you just hey, have, yeah, your base is in this area where there's these really cool opalescent things. And you don't tell anyone that there's even a gold dragon around. Right. And then you set up shrines to the warlock's god and the cleric's, or the, the warlock's patron, the cleric's god. Uh, the paladin's god and then when they sleep they're visited by these uh, and yeah. and they and the gold dragon visits them and says maybe you should think like this you should do that the gold dragon just guides the party's hand consistently pushing them towards lawful good i i, I do really really like that i i think even for the uh irreligious of the um, party, say if you have a barbarian or something else like that, That's superstitious, could, and superstitious. Stuff. Like you can use the uh, ability to control these opalescent mists, mists to like see visions in the mists. Well, right? because it, it specifically does... says that it's when their evil creatures are near. Well, it, 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 it assumes haunting uh, forms when the evil creatures are near, or other non-evil creatures in the mists, warning such creatures of the danger. So, like. You could have this mist, you know, appear to give messages to to the party. And I, I think that the dragon is very much, he is so long lived. He is so long. Uh, he's got such a long view of, of history that he is trying to be blatant to the party. But you're, you're trying to explain um, a mountain to an ant, right? I'm not sure. I'm not sure that the mists can communicate. I know that it says warning. But I feel like that's just they they 
become that head on a pike. Well, right? I, I, like I'm, that's the kind of warning because they're not talking, right? Well, no, I'm saying not with voice, but like they like the forms could act out a message, right? Um, I'm not saying like interpretive dance breaks out in the clouds around you, but like. I love the idea of the DM saying, and you see this, and he gets up, like t- takes out the tearaway pants and just starts in spandex doing and a black dance. leotard or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying, but the dragon can do that in other ways. When she have change, yes, stuff, yeah. Stuff. yeah, we can. can <laughs> the dragon goes down and goes, "Okay, here's what we got to do," and he's dancing around in the mist around the party, and, 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 and the, the barbarian is just enthralled, like, yeah. "Oh my god!" I like, <laughs> I like the idea of the mist as his backup dancers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Using the woodland creatures, his little chipmunk. Friend. Yeah. Okay, Johnny, you're up. Let's go. Let's go. Give him a show. Okay, so for my social uh, encounter here, it's so easy to go the Mr. Miyagi route. Mm, yeah. But nobody, nobody really thinks about the fact that this guy, they have blind sight. First of all, if your gold dragon is not a blind old man, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> well, that's. Fair. And what's the? How far does the blind sight go? Uh, well, it goes up ways. to sixty feet. It goes up oh, to sixty well, feet. Yeah, that's far enough, isn't it? Yeah. So the idea that that they're able to just like, and when they change shape, they can look like they've got pupils and that they're absolutely fine, even though they've got milky white eyes and dragon form. Shit, I love but old man. I, I don't want to go Miyagi with this because when I think of an ancient old creature, I think of Yoda. Bear with me on this. When you first meet Yoda, he's a goofy little motherfucker. Yeah. I'm going to make him be a goblin. That You know that goblin sidekick that every party has mm. that they're in love with? He's actually a gold dragon in disguise. And when the party is done fucking around, the, he, he just drops the act. Still in goblin form. And says, listen. Here's where you're screwing up. And this is what we need to do. And and then everyone's like, what the hell? And then all of a sudden he becomes a goofy little goblin again and, and starts dicking around. Mine! 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 Exactly. Well, he only reveals that persona, the drop persona, to one party member. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's fantastic. <laughs> to, to the warlock or the rogue or the bard. Like, someone will be like, guys, guys, the goblin's a gold dragon. Okay, uh, no, what no, drugs no, no. did you no, take? No, not even, time? because it's, it says right in it that they... Um, they will rarely reveal their form at all. So it's not even that he would say, I'm a gold dragon. It would just be like, I have this wisdom. Here's what you should do. Have you thought about this? Here's a new strategy. I've heard there's an underground entrance into the castle. And like, then the door to the room opens up and they're just like, look at the meat jock of the knives. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not even that. He's just like, really? That's him? And he's sitting there going, do you have toilet paper? Yeah. <laughs> or just sniffing his hand. And like they just look across the room and he's just... I don't know what he's touching. <laughs> he's only a squirrel, and he's like, like looking at it, and he turns it around upside down. And he goes, ah! <laughs> exactly. Um, what about allies and expectations? What kind of allies would a gold dragon have? Celestials, hands down. That's yeah. that's a straightforward one. You're gonna see a lot of gold dragons on Mount Celestia. Yeah, I was thinking myself for. I thought the other way, like more mundane allies instead of. Having cultists, I feel like they would have the common folk that are just full of faith. I can imagine some real big climate change happening in the, in whatever world you're running. Awful things happening. We know that gold dragons are removed and typically watched from afar, but the people have that faith that whatever the dragon's name, he will come. So he they're they're still kind of a cult. They're just not a 
bad evil sacrifice version. Not every dragon was, cult's got to be evil. Yeah, I would say it's not like a cult like they gather. I mean, they may have their weekly gatherings, but I think it's more just the people, the common people in the area are of the faith that this dragon will come through and help them. The gold dragon runs the local AA meetings. <laughs> Do you think hey, the what? gold dragon would be frustrated then as everyone becomes complacent? Yes. Mm, yeah. Right? Is it well the gold dragon will come and save us? And I mean every time that we get really poor and there's a famine, he swoop he swoops in and he gives us some money. Right? So like we don't really have to try. We're gonna laze around and do nothing. And he just gets more and more frustrated and then it's time to teach them a lesson. Yeah. Let them and I will teach them a lesson by letting them fail. I, I, I would say that would take for a very long, like generational kind of uh yes. amount of time for yeah. the gold dragon to come to that decision. Because I don't think the gold dragon's like you know, flying into the courtyard of City Hall with a, you know, gigantic bag full of uh, gold at his, it, like in his mouth, drops it. There you guys go. You, you can no. eat now, fly away. No, no, no. No, he, this is just like people are waking up and there is like on their nightstand next to their bed a not, stack of 10 gold coins. He's not the tooth fairy, Dan. It, what he would do, because of his wisdom and his and his long view of things... What he's going to do is he's going to make environmental barriers to reroute trade routes. Yeah, like thinking on a, a, a larger scale. And yeah. I think that's how he would do it, right? And I think that they would know because he always leaves a sign or a calling card that mm. he was there, he did a thing. You see the fire breath, right? Well, it's the only reason why I would say like leaves the ten cold by the nightstand is this guy does have such a long view of things. He knows if I... Um, spurn on this action here that will cause a chain reaction that will you know in three generations will cause this right like you're saying change uh environmental conditions to generate like to reroute trade routes i'm saying he knows if he devotes into that person's life you he knows that that person will eventually become this great character of uh heroic world changing power yeah but 10 gold pieces is a well, no, it's butterfly effect, right? I'm just saying, like, it just... I'm not sure fans. he's got that ability at the long view. Like, yes, he can see into the future, but, like, for one round. And, but, yes, but, he can but, see dreams, but, honestly, that's, that's beer money, man. Well, there, there's there's not a lot of uh, creatures in the game that have even a foot in those abilities. So, why not give it to the gold dragon? No, he's got his foot in the door. That's what your gods and patrons are for. I'm saying a gold dragon could be a patron level uh, creature in a campaign. I would like to see the dragon patron warlock. There needs to be yeah. one. A and gold dragon patron warlock would be interesting because it's that's you're doing that instead of paladin or instead. Well, of like there's fire, already the the uh, celestial. No, but I mean um, to have your patron because now you're you're essentially doing a reimagining of a warlock where you know you just go in a different route. Yeah, I mean, I've I've always made it known that I have a problem with the fact that warlock patrons, all but one, are leaning very heavily to the patrons all being evil, um, and then even even the celestial one is. I'm not. I'm no. I disagree with you. Only one is evil. Only the fiend is evil. Great old ones are unknowable, and you can make an argument about cosmic chaos but i would say that that's just about as true neutral or unaligned as you get then you've got archface celestial hexblade and undying and undying isn't undead it's just long life right so there's no well okay 
the abilities lead just because everyone dresses like they shop at Hot Topic when they're a warlock doesn't mean that they're how are we at the point where I'm criticizing warlocks and Adam's defending them oh I'm defending warlock patrons warlocks are bullshit just commit to a god you fucking narc my problem with these these fucking assholes is that they want the best of both worlds and they got they got two ways to build a clan no fuck you just commit god damn it warlocks are are the only thing that people say oh my first character is going to be a warlock and I go don't just don't it's it's messy and you just just don't i i like warlocks well enough but i i, I would like know. to see more blatantly good patrons i like the idea of a gold dragon warlock because if the gold dragon truly wanted some sort of agent of change or something he might give that power to somebody who whatever desperate situation they've asked for it but maybe not everybody else would expect that from that person so I mean, the people, the enemies of the Gold Dragon would be looking for the paladins, would be looking for the clerics, but not necessarily looking for the the hopeless, like I don't know what the word, like wretch that actually did align with the Gold Dragon mm-hmm. and is their kind of secret agent for change out in the world. Yeah, the one I al- that they wouldn't expect. I also like the idea of of I mean, Dan, you're gonna back this up. Dragon magic is arcane. Yeah, it's not divine by any means. Not right? at all. So the idea, too, that there should be um, an alignment between dragons and the arcane casters makes a lot of sense to me, as opposed to the divine ones. So I like the idea of being able to be a patron or, like I said, a secret god would really add an extra depth. Like, not a secret god, but the representation of someone's god. Yeah. So that they can dabble in the divine nonsense. The idea that they've got the long view and they've got these beautiful paradise layers and stuff. Don't you think druids and rangers want to hang out there? Oh, yes, for sure. Right? So, gold dragons really feel like they can appeal to every one of the classes except rogue. Rogues don't really fit the bill on this. Um, Barbarians are kind of question mark as well for me. But they feel like, and I don't think an artificer has any use for gold dragon. No, I'd almost say bards aren't up there with gold dragons either. I don't know. They're, I can see a bard being inspired by the beauty of their lair and okay, the peaceful yeah, retreat of the... You know Telling what I mean? tales like, of history and stuff. Yeah, the, the long view of it and battle stories. It, it depends what you want out of your campaign, right? But I feel like gold dragons are more... They're more easily aligned with the party than, say, copper, brass, bronze. Like, these guys are social and they're NPCs. They're not patrons. You know, they have group patrons in... Uh, in Eberron. Uh, well, they started in Eberron and they're porting it over into Tashes, right? Yeah. So it'll be, I want to see a gold dragon as a group patron mm. that just sits there and takes the party under the wing and all the party members love them. We always have that wizard that I'll cast identify for you. Have it be a gold dragon. That's more fun. Yeah. yeah. And because of their master hoarding shit, they don't need to be able to have class abilities from the shape change because they don't get it. They just need a wand. Right, they just need a magical item that will cast identify. This is what this thing is. I don't. I don't even think they need that. I think just as being, this is just something Dan puts into his dragons, their uh, magical nature, uh, and their thirst for hoarding, their thirst for wealth. A dragon knows what that item is the second he sees it. He doesn't have to cast the thing. He doesn't have to. He knows the nature of magic. Well, these guys are aloof. They like. I know he knows that means the nature. he's not sharing. That nature of the item. It also means people. that he's not in there to see what the new fancy, like, uh, the, 
not every wand is created the same, right? So the idea that he would need to take a second and maybe even just spend a short rest looking I, I, at it. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, I, I like leaning into the idea that like... I'm just even, trying to do it by the book, right? Yeah, and I, 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 I'm trying to expand it a little bit beyond the, the, the idea that maybe... As a dragon ages, it can start to actually see the threads of the weave. Now you're just creating your science fiction fantasy bullshit, Dan. It's not science fiction. That, oh, he can see... He's now fucking Neo? Get fucked. <laughs> I as had, a so gold a dragon, why not? Well, as a gold dragon, why not? Because that's, that's bullshit. The Matrix was a bad movie. Welcome to my TED Talks. <laughs> Okay, I was with you with James Cameron. I was with you with Grant Morrison. I zoned out for 15 seconds, came back, and we were arguing over The Matrix. The Matrix is just a bad movie. It is. If you take away the the quote-unquote metaphor of follow the white rabbit, which is not a metaphor that is just an um, an homage. It's not... Yep. I'm not... You're not fucking breaking my mind on this you are not wrecking my world by how smart you are by saying red pill blue pill and having a different pill reflected in each sunglass lens it was heavily directed clumsily written and keanu reeves at his worst i like i love keanu reeves but that movie was shit he is a cardboard cutout in that movie i agree with you for every movie that says matrix and then includes a number no, even the first the, Matrix. The first Matrix is... is he becomes I, Superman so for no fucking reason at the end of it, and then they don't really address it ever again. He just flies because he fucking can. And they never address how he got that leap in logic. He just straight up gets shot and then Jesus himself up to stop bullets for no reason. He did not earn these powers. In every other heroic story we ever get... The hero goes on a journey to specifically collect the powers. Luke Skywalker, Harry Potter, Bilbo, they all fucking do it. Neo doesn't. He just magically fucking gets it because we have green in this movie, bitches. And I've, how many humans did he fucking murder in that lobby scene? Those people are asleep. They are asleep in pods in the real world. He's trying to rescue these people. And he straight up murders dozens of them throughout that movie. This is the most inconsistent bullshit movie about a quote-unquote savior that is willing to sacrifice people that he is supposed to be saving. It's a bullshit movie. It's poorly written. Fight me. Goddamn. Okay, well that's it for social, <laughs> social encounters on gold dragons. <laughs> We'll be back. I'm, I'm waiting until we stumble upon another thing that Adam just hates. We'll that be, is like super, counter, super countercultural. Hey, I think we're all guilty for going off on our rants in this podcast. So, Alien 3 was a superior alien movie. Fight me. We'll be back after this shout out. So this week on the It's Mimic podcast, we want to shout out Monstrous Mimics, a Kickstarter project by friend of the show and avid Reddit user, Phil McNevin. We said we would shout him out, and it's looking like this is the last week for you guys to uh, help back his project here. Um, he is constructing the STL files for you to 3-print your own variety of Mimics. The full list of this stuff is great. There are barrels, rugs, doors, typical stuff, as well as piles of coin mimics. My favorite so far is the barrel mimic. It's got this really awesome, monstrous look to it, 
as well as he's got for some stretch goals some further concept art for other kinds of mimics that he's building so guys uh, attached to the show notes here is going to be a link to this Kickstarter. If not, you could always just search for Monstrous Mimics um, by Phil McNevin. That's M-A-C-N-E-V-I-N on Kickstarter. Uh, again, there will be a link in the show notes to this episode of the podcast. Head on over there and help back this project by an avid fan, listener of the podcast, and friend of the show, Phil McNevin. Anyways, guys, back to the show. Well, we're back for topic three, campaign usage. <laughs> hey, it says you never know what you're going to get right on the fucking title. It does, it does say that. So if you were looking for a Dungeons & Dragons podcast, you will be sorely upset. Um, about 30% of the time. <laughs> why don't we roll to talk about when we can use a gold dragon as a BVEG, and you can even roll into that when you might use them as a set piece encounter if you would like to. Okie dokie. I got a two. I got a 14. I'm going to... Oh, you got a 14. I got a 7. I was, okay. was going to knock your fucking I off. get to go first. You get to go first, Terry. Terry, the dungeon master. Yep. It's about what, time. When do you, that's true. When do you use them as a big bad evil guy? Well, I would say when that gold dragon believes that you've crossed the line of good and the dragon no longer believes that you are the answer. I think something that gets missed in D&D is we have this group of four or five travelers that are going around becoming more and more powerful, more and more famous, and everybody, for some reason, just lets them get on with it. Nobody, there's no Lex Luthor out there. You are the sheriff of Nottingham. You know that? Why? Because you're like, oh, he's giving to the, he's stealing from the rich and giving to the poor, but he's breaking laws, motherfucker, so let's kill him. So let's kill him. But, <laughs> but also the idea that there's no Lex Luthor out there. There's nobody going, should we be asking questions? He's getting very powerful over here. No, we love him. They're great. Sometimes they kill people. Don't worry about it. It's not us. But I feel like the gold dragon would be the person, like I said earlier, testing them along the way we had that conversation but if they get to the point where they've gone hey you just talked about neo a second ago you're supposed to be helping these people you just murdered 12 of them that i now deem that you are no longer the saviors i do not believe that you are the answer to the problem i think you need to be removed welcome to the plot of matrix three <laughs> don't even get me started dan <laughs> i forget what they got. what's that which one's that one? matrix rejuvenated oh I, don't, I have no idea. Matrix relapsed? I don't know. <laughs> that, that was that was Revolutions. It was bullshit. The second one was the best one. Matrix oh. recharged. <laughs> but that's what You're I... You're egging me on here. Like, I just... It's legitimately the best one. It adds legitimate lore all the way through the fucking movie. And it makes things more in-depth and, and more complicated. And it has a plot to it. Besides... We're back on Matrix. <laughs> Humans are viruses. Fuck off. Let's get some Adam, real character development. When do we use a gold dragon as a big bad evil guy? All right. So it says right in the book that um, they value their privacy uh, to the extent that they rarely fraternize with other dragons except their own mates and offspring. So follow me on this one. Everyone knows that there's a bunch of dragons nearby. We're going on a dragon quest. Kill all the dragons. Everyone's excited, right? Right. We need to collect the scales of every dragon or whatever it is. Right. Um, and that's the campaign that you're on. And so one of the ones that you go to get is a young dragon, a young gold dragon, who is impulsive. Like, they're not quite the the ancient, the wise. They've, they're, they're statted out. They've got what they need. It's going to be a hard fight. But they live up in the mountains by themselves in a little paradise. And they've got two two caretakers. An old man and an old woman. And they look like, let's say, elves because they're long-lived. That 
uh, are sitting there as almost like a, a butler and maid. These are actually the parents. And so while you have someone distracting the NPCs, the rogue goes in, murders a shit out of the uh, sleeping gold dragon, and now you have these two, you have two ancient gold dragons on your ass. That is still lawful good. They're taking you out. You were murderers. Well, that's dark. But And you literally works. just killed their child. Well, yeah, it works. It so works. that's how you get them to be a big bad evil guy. Uh, they're not they're not evil, they're just out to get you. You are on the run for the rest of the campaign. And at level 20, you're going to face these two. They're going to come get you. So Love it. Dan? Uh, how to use a gold dragon as a big bad evil guy? Yes. Um, I, I, I'll, I'll confess, I have a lot of issues. We know. Uh, we have a lot of issues. Uh, I have a lot of issues moving uh, one of these quote-unquote paragons of good to be a evil guy for a campaign. And... and well, think about it. Okay, Don't your antagonist. Yeah, as, as an antagonist. Just, uh, how do but, they become your enemy? But I, I I am going to lean into the idea of a... Uh, into their shape-changing ability as well here, Adam. And say that this gold dragon actually leads a bandit um, troop. A mercenary band of some way, shape, or form. They lead this thing and, and um, your party has been um, opposing kind of the fringe membership of this large uh, organization, mercenary band that this gold dragon leads. And um, because you have been hindering his operations, he has is now forced to move against you. And you don't even know he's a gold dragon until, you know, sessions down the line, right? Ooh, I want to take it a step further than that. That's really cool, but don't make it bandits. Make him the head of the Illuminati, but like for good. Yeah. Right? Um, so your party starts off level one. There are some low-level, street-level thugs that are moving weapons into the town when there's not supposed to be weapons or moving drugs around or doing something like that um, that ultimately will lead up to the gold dragon who is trying to better everyone's life, but there's like one lieutenant in his organization that doesn't have the same level of... Um, uh, moral compass that the gold dragon has and thus is causing problems for your lawful good party and you go through and murder and stop this and bring this guy down and this gold dragon says i promised that guy's great grandfather that i would protect him in any mean shape or form and you have now made me a liar and that is why the gold dragon is going to push back against you wow I'm not sure that he's out for... I mean, if this guy was doing evil things... Again, like... here, Here's the question with the gold dragon. Do the ends justify the means? I would say with a gold dragon, no. Silver dragon, yes. So... I don't know. We talk about the long view and the aloof nature and the long life. And they've got a very removed perspective on things. And if everyone is living peacefully... Was it not worth it to have that war to cull that that population? I think with Gold Dragon, the ends do yeah, justify the means because, like I said, they seem to be the last line of defense against good and evil. Like, if they don't stop it, who is going to stop it? I, I, I hear where you're coming from, Dan, and I think that Silver and Gold are the ends justify the means, and all of the others are the means justified 
the, the means need to line up with the ends, right? Yeah. So, so it's just one has a more lawful bend and one has a more neutral, like what good, yeah, like, truly good. And so I don't know. I really I think the idea that they they might just have to cull the population because there's famine. But think about how we'll thrive for the next thousand years. Yikes! Oh yeah, these deep questions. The problem with these fantastical creatures is when we we act, we're trying to bring them into this game and, and and wonder how they would do things, but we're not on the level that they are in our fantasy world. It's hard trying to think how they would think. Speak for yourself, Terry. Because like, we can. <laughs> I am level two barbarian. So, bard, bard. <laughs> Oh, get by by my cod piece alone. I'm gonna ask you guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get getting through life, clinging to charisma alone. That's literally that's my that's the way I do it. Charisma is also a good name for a stripper. <laughs> my 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 literal life plan is just get me in the room and let me do the talking. That's how I get through everything. Yeah, yeah. We we know Terry. <laughs> <laughs> Anything, any problem? Get me in the room with them. Let me do the talking. Stay back. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys one more question before we bring into our uh, our single new creative ideas. Um, how or when do you introduce worshippers for Gold Dragon? We can go same order. Well, that would be you first then. That would be me first. I accidentally touched on it earlier when we were talking about allies, but I think um, I, I don't think you would have cultist type worshippers. I think that you would have the common folk believe that the Gold Dragon will save them in the end. Because if anybody is going to, it must be them. And yes, he has not come yet, but he will come if you keep the faith. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. I view the gold dragon as um, being so aloof and removed that I, I, I'm not on board with that idea. Okay. I think the gold dragon is a creature of myth for the most part. That's what I mean, but that's why. No, no, but like, but they... like... Um, to the point where people aren't relying on the gold dragon to come save them. They, they, there is rumors of a gold dragon that has once years ago hmm. appeared and helped. And that is why we wear the gold dragon banner. That is why we do that. But like he, he, he is a foreign concept. Now the gold dragon himself is, you know, the, the person who runs the tavern. Right. Right. But, but. And he's keeping an eye on everything, but he. Tavern's name is a tasty pearl, <laughs> or something, right? And and it's my favorite sex move. It's a, oh, it's replaced the purple saxophone. It's, it's huh? almost yeah. like having, um, well, it's just it's symbolism, right? It's yeah. just people have it on family crests and flags and that type of thing. But it's everybody knows it's not real. We just use yeah it because right? we think it maybe was used to be real. But there, but you have your bard sitting standing there you know on a soapbox screen but there are truth to myths we need to investigate this 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 guy probably existed and there's there's another party like another story arc you could go on yeah i i don't know though i i like the idea it doesn't take much that gold dragon needs to show up once a generation and just be seen help once and be seen once a generation and people will fucking flock to that shit and and they will. They would straight up freaking pray. It doesn't take much. Don't sue us, but Scientology exists. Oh, it God. doesn't take fucking much to get people on board with shit, yeah. right? So, I mean, I, I, let, let's not go down that fucking road. But you hear what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I think especially if there are are superstitious, um, 
like small communities, like villages specifically, yeah. would pray to a gold dragon. Um, and and I honestly think the gold dragon couldn't care less if a group of people are praying to him. Well, I've, better me than Bahamut. Oh, uh, sorry, better me than Baphomet, or better me than Tiamat, I guess. Right. right. So, like, I, it's it, there are worse options than yeah, having faith. I, right. I, I could I could see that. I also uh, yeah okay yeah. Right, and so it, but I, I'm talking about the uneducated small villages that don't have a shrine. They don't have a temple. They've got they live in a valley, and there's a gold dragon that lives in the mountains. Right, and that's that's kind of where I'm, what what I think of. Cool. Um, I don't even remember what the question was now. That was it. <laughs> well, that was what Terry's turn, and then we uh, we argued about uh, it. How or when to introduce worshippers? Oh, uh, early. Yeah, yeah. I, I have no problem inter- introducing it early, especially if you're going to do a late game reveal. They are aloof. You should be hearing about the gold dragon for months before you ever meet them. Mm-hmm. Right. One of, in my opinions, the downfall of uh, a lot of the modules that we get are we hear about the bad guy and we don't see them enough. Right. Strahd is the only one that that shows up and just kind of flaunts his his power all the way through the campaign. Yeah. Right, a Sererak should have been around since day one. Tiamat should be showing up in visions and shit. It is it is really weird that a Sererak doesn't turn up until the last twenty pages of the book. Yeah, and that's well, gets because he's the end of the dungeon villain, right? It's Diablo rules, right? Yeah, and that's but he's he's <laughs> fucking a Sererak, and that that's my problem in general with it. So I I think with a gold dragon, you should be kind of hinting and making his presence known the whole time. And it's different and unique because he is aloof. Mm-hmm. So he should be waiting for you. You'll run into all the other dragons first. But he'll be the last one because he's hiding in the distance. You need him. You need his help to fight the red dragon. So you run into the red dragon and all his tyranny before you get to the gold dragon. You don't have to go quest to the gold dragon who's hiding from you. Because he's just like, no, don't. Just, just don't. I like the idea of... Uh, yes, introducing a, a powerful creature like the gold dragon early is always a good idea. Um, I like having him uh, visible in the distance if you're going to do even do that, or his effects being around you, you even do that. But um, having the gold dragon be the puppet master of the entire thing, I think, is is what I love the most. So having him be like the leader of the hunter's guild, or the leader of the tavern, or the guy who posts the notes on the board to give your party the mission. And then when he knows that your party is now hunting for a gold dragon, he's going to sit there and be like, yeah, nice, no, totally over in that direction. And then not go in that direction. He's going to deflect your party around unless he agrees with the mission. Right? And at that point, he will remove the party from the populace in case there's collateral damage. And then he will ha- sit and have a co- discussion with you. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, like, yes, everything you say is right. We have just had the like secret puppet master answer on a lot of dragon episodes, mm. and I'm just trying to come up with what this. This is the one that feels like he just doesn't want anything to do with anybody. He he wants isolation more than any other dragon does. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, he's he's the dragon that absolutely. It's one of the few dragons that does not want to be known. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. You could like you could have like his little advisor saying people are starting to think that you're not real, and he'd be like, "Brilliant, <laughs> keep it that way." <laughs> yeah, he, he's not. 
He's not one of these like, oh no, my worshiper. I'm not a Greek god. I don't need people to worship me in order yeah. to have it to, in order to exist, right? And I honestly, okay, I got a question. Do you think he can project into the astral plane to some degree? I think he should be able to. One hundred percent. If he if he could if he's got his foot in the dream door, yes. That's what I think too. However, it's not by the lore. I would I just insert that. Maybe that's the time that you you end up talking with the cloud shaped as a gold dragon. Mm-hmm. Right? And Mufasa. It, yeah, kind of. And it sends a message while you're on the astral plane. And then you've got to go find him and he doesn't want to be found. Right? Like, these are the kind of subtle background hints. You never see him face to face. I'm going to hologram with this guy a bunch. Yeah. Right? Before you ever get face to face with him. Or maybe you've been face to face with him the whole time. And he's just that NPC that's moderately helpful that keeps sending you away on quests. Maybe that's his thing. Maybe that's why he's the guild leader. He's like, everybody just go away. There's, I, there's bandits. The bandits over bandits, there. Bandits, they're there. Yeah. They're definitely there. Well, it, it's like just it, uh, isolation through distraction. Yeah. Right? Like, no one goes into the guild master's chambers. They just get the orders from him. Yeah. You think he's just sick of the... There's, there's, uh, there's, the new king is starting new war. Why? They were around for like 60 years. And why the fuck do they think they're in charge of the politics? Okay, go away. Go and kill them. I don't care. Speaking of allies, uh, this just occurred to me. Don't you think that their paradise, their their lair, their region is going to be just chock full of things like coattles and unicorns? Hmm. Just like lawful, good, not necessarily um, fae, not, yeah. not fae, but celestial beings that are... That are not angels, but they're just there, and they're they're more. They're not going to put up with the Hollyphant. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I was right about now. to say Hollyphants and flumps. <laughs> yeah, I saw the look on Dan's fucking face. But no, no, no. I I really feel like they would just have the closest thing to a friend they would have would be a a, a unicorn that also lives in the meadow beyond the yeah. the waterfall. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Okay, let's do our final roll, and then we can talk about our new creative ideas. So the dragon is an NPC. Three, two, one. Let's go. I rolled a four. I got an eleven. I got a ten. Dan, you go first. So You're, the way you smiled at me, I already think I'm gonna hate it. The the dragon is an NPC. Yeah. Um, he's a gnome. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I mean, I I mentioned it earlier. Uh, I would go full Skyrim with him. I would have him. I like that. I would have him at the top of a mountain, surrounded by a bunch of retainers who, uh, you know, keep the grounds around this monastery, which surrounds the hot springs, which generates this steam, and he just lounges there, right? Um, I would probably have the gold dragon even be female, and the the um, mm-hmm. like the that. the uh, hot springs be this spawning pools of some sort, right? And and. She just wants to be left alone to raise her young and get them back out in the world because she knows if there are more gold dragons overwatching the certain areas, things could get better, right? So that's all she's concerned about. Um, but your party will have to go up and and prove they are worthy to share a space with her. Right. Right? Um, before she starts sending your party off to go do things, right? And, that, and that's what I would do for her. Um, I know we've played a lot into the NPC uh, side of this uh, with the shape changing. Um, I would have this dragon. It, it can do that. And if throughout the arc of the campaign, um, 
like a messenger will come who has a certain gold sheen to this, uh, you know, edges of their eyes or, or something like that, right? Yeah. Something that might give a hint that they're I'm, influencing. I'm never a fan of the the physical attribute that gives it away. The green dragon having green eyes. And yeah, thing. I'm never really a fan of that because I, I know it's a high fantasy campaign. I know they're supposed to figure that shit out, but it just feels like, like again, it's an underhand pass. Mm. It's... Too soft serve for me. Yeah, that's 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 fair. But like, if, like if, it. if it does, if the dragon does need to influence it, that's when the shape change will come in. I think it just but. needs to be. I like it, but if you introduce that thing subtly, like she's a blonde woman, or you when you're just describing the the lady who's the green dragon, you would just say, you know, auburn hair, green eyes, tall, whatever. But and just throw it in like that, so that they're not. It's not. The gold sheet, gold dragon. That's a gold dragon, you know. Yeah, yeah. the moment that you give it a, a glowing aura, they're gonna or even emphasize it over yeah. any other body part. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so so that that's me next. As yeah. an NPC, I want them the head of an evil guild. I want them to be posing as a red dragon, running a red dragon cult that never really gets up to anything truly evil. Oh, so controlling uh, Yeah. 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 Uh, c- uh the the um the enemy of my enemy is my friend or whatever it is. No, no, not even. Just you know, we are going to go out of our way to conscript as many bandits and brigands and pirates and mercenaries as possible. They're going to join our ranks come hell or high water and we are going to whip them into shape. So that we have a secret fighting force for the side of good if we ever need it. But, well, they're going to be out there and they're going to be robbing people and stuff. No killing. You can go ahead and rob, but there's there's no killing. The, the we just involved. don't want the attention, guys. Yeah, and yeah. and they sit there and it's, it's this crazy dragon cult. That we need to sacrifice something. He's like, oh, yes, we we got to sacrifice corn. Give me the corn, right? And like, and you've got the fire breath, right? So it still stacks up. Yeah. And, uh, and I just, I just imagine like a huge thing of corn, just popcorn going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Blows the fire and popcorn party for Zool. But, but no, I like the idea of, of him manipulating. So, the the, the heroes keep showing up and murdering these these bandits and villains and and he keeps showing up saying like no 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 stop and he just mops the floor with the fucking party but never kills them and just says leave my shit alone and of course that just makes the party want to fight more yeah and eventually it is revealed that no (laughs) you dumb fucks you wiped out my organization i was doing some good here and this would be my secondary antagonist. This is my background villain because there's devils or demons or something coming into the world, something really threatening. And then all of a sudden, this red dragon with his army shows up to defend the city with no hope. And then the red dragon reveals himself at the end to have been a gold dragon the entire time. Right? And, I love it. And these are now the mercenaries that have been gifted to the kingdom to protect them. I love it. What do you got, got, Terry? I was leaning into a a, a bit of of a fairy tale thing. But uh, also, very quick, 30-second story of why it happened. When I was younger, my mom used to tell me that when I was about three years old, I would talk to a man named Dennis. And she would walk into the room, and I would be talking to this man named Dennis that nobody else could see. And every time she asked me what he looked like, I would say, he's an old man, he wears a hat. 
and it freaked her out. So I thought about that as I was thinking, I like the idea of a gold dragon that relies on the innocence and the, the, the truth of children and speaks to them in their dreams. And basically that's how this gold dragon keeps tabs on the towns and the people as a whole because we all know that drunk people and children will tell the truth. And yep. so whatever Mommy keeps comes... exercising with the milkman. Yeah, exactly. They're wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> but he is winning. Daddy, <laughs> Daddy keeps wrestling with the milkman. Yeah, exactly. Um, the idea that he, he he keeps tabs on people by communicating to children. And these, these funny stories within the towns where parents will talk about how their children keep talking to, you know, this uh, golden-haired lady or something in the middle of the night. Um, but and this... you're going to think hag. You're going to think hag. Mm -hmm. That's it. But this goes away when the children get too old or they do something that means they lose their innocence. So if they bully another child or something like that, then they can't be trusted anymore. And so the gold dragon will stop communicating them. But I want this to be traumatic for the children that they've lost that connection with this dragon now. That's pretty badass. I like this. Mm -hmm. I, I want to tap into something that you said, and I don't think everybody really realizes this. If you want to hide your shape changer right in plain sight, the only thing you have to do is swap the gender. Right. People will not see that shit coming. Mm -hmm. Even just a, we're going to fight the gold dragon. We know that his name is this, and we've seen him, and he looks like this. And they show up, and he's just, and they find a female gold dragon that looks Close to the same, but a little bit different. They will assume that is a different entity. Yeah. The male gold dragon showing up as the golden-haired woman in the dream. They will not put that shit together. Yeah. Just because you've flipped the pronoun. It's true. It's genius. And even though you've told me, I'll play a game of yours again in the future, and I'll still fall for that. So... <laughs> <laughs> So that's mine. That's mine. Uh, one, but we're just about wrapping up here. Unless you guys have this is the big gold dragon episode. If there's anything else you need the world to absolutely know, not about the Matrix, this now is the time. Or any other movie, guys. TV shows count. How do you feel no, about Booster Gold? No Dark Tower. <laughs> no fucking Westworld. None of it. Okay, yeah. When when it comes to to Gold Dragon specifically, the one thing that we didn't really lean on very hard was the weakening breath. Right. Then you t talked yeah. about it with the climbing, um, the pillar. And I'm trying to think of what are the mechanics. I mean, grapple, jump, um, all of your uh, athletics, yeah. right? But what are the other strength-based mechanics that people need? A lot of attacks. Push, pull, climbing. Uh, and well, uh, well, well, most of that is just covered in athletics, right? But uh, encumbrance. Encumbrance is a major factor. I, I like the idea of the weakening breath. Will a weak will weakening breath affect constructs, undead, and plants? It doesn't say it won't. Mm, that's right. I, I I mean I don't see or oozes. You know what you could do yeah. if you do play loosely, however, if you do use encumbrance encumbrance in your game, if you if you use a weakening breath and that is affected that player can no longer carry those 5,000 gold pieces and all those jewels around anymore. And so we'll have to dump them. But do you know who really likes that stuff? Gold dragons. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. I like the idea of them having to climb up a cliff face, you know, up beside the waterfall. There's a big pool of water below. Dumping all of their wealth along the way. Yeah, yeah. and he just hits them with the, like, they're up easily 100 feet in the air, and he hits them with the weakening. And they've got to dump it all down to the pool below. 
Yeah. That that's actually kind of funny because the the range on the thing is a ninety foot cone. If he's surrounded in mist, your party could just be climbing the mountain and he's just all right, guys, make the make the um make the strength check or make the strength save. You fail. You feel a strong breeze, and you feel a bit of your uh, strength sapped from you. And that explains the the glittering pool of jewels that you saw beneath at the, the bottom, waterfall. right? Yeah. yeah, I really like that. Like you don't ever have to tell them it's a gold dragon doing it, or that they are under attack by a breath weapon. Yeah, you're just all like, yeah, something breathed on the back of your uh, neck, and you it got was weaker probably forward. Terry. <laughs> uh, the other thing we didn't talk about was the um, the hordes, right? right? Are they putting their hoard on display, or do they hide it? Oh, it said it's buried in a vault. It's buried in a vault. They hide it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, when you're in the vault, is it perfectly set up on shelves and stuff? Or is it a, like, smog-level pile of gold? I imagine a smog-level pile of gold. Or somewhere between, kind of like Cave of Wonders from Aladdin. That's two episodes in a row I brought that movie up. But, yeah. Um, Where there's, like, a path through it. Yeah. It's all up at the side. I don't see them being the, the, like, fastidious organizers. No, me neither. Although, what else are they doing with their time when there's no one else around? Besides playing with their hoard? Uh, Just leaving pearly deposits all over the place. Oh. What? What? No. That's it. You ruined it. That's it. Mm, now you yeah. don't get any more. That's it for this week's episode on Gold Dragons. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, as well as dozens of other podcast apps. But you probably won't want to. <laughs> you can also find us at www.itsamimic.com or email us at info at itsamimic.com. Thanks for listening to the It's a Mimic podcast, and make sure to check us out next week when we're covering Barovia. Yay! Yay! Well, they wouldn't say that in Barovia. they just go, eh. <laughs> Strain. Strain. <laughs> You've reached the end of another episode of the It's a Mimic podcast. Connect with us at itsamimic.com. Don't forget to subscribe and hit those share buttons. Thanks for listening, and see you next week. We'll start off this entire podcast again because Dan forgot to hit record. (laughs) (laughs) My question to you that you already know is what's the biggest thing that you've ever learned about a player through their character? All right. Are we ready? Let's roll Let's roll it. I got a three. I got a 12. I got a higher than both of those. So <laughs> um, can I just say every player ever, I immediately learn how patient they are. Right. Okay. <laughs> or rather, lack I am thereof. Not. <laughs> yeah. I, and it's not just like them tapping their fingers at the table. It is you take just a slight amount of damage. Okay, I, I will need a long rest. Well, hold on a sec. No! I need a long rest. No! <laughs> and and you learn really quickly who is super freaking impatient. And I can tell you around the table who I would go shopping with and who needs to sit in the fucking car. <laughs> because I am not going to deal with like wait staff or or uh, uh, employee with this person. Right, right. Because the most like, oh, hold on a second, let me check the back. Now Dan's fucking flipping tables and punching <laughs> children and you just straight up booted an old woman in the side of the head because yeah. you had to wait for three and a half minutes. But no, I, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's patience. And I know, I know who is impatient and who is not. And... I don't let allow phones at my table. Right. So you watch people slowly lose their shit when they can't just kill three minutes on Facebook or Reddit. They just go, um, um, um. I don't know um. what to do. Yeah, and and most people don't know what to do. Dan just picks up a book and goes, hold on a sec. I'm interested. I am. Must. 
occupy brain flipping <laughs> pages. Yeah. Terry, what about you? I think uh, I, I I think you kind of see what people's uh, like not I wouldn't say fantasies, but kind of what their curiosities are by based on what they want to do. So you're determining like fetishes cross, at the table. Yeah, like CrossFit chicks. No, no like, <laughs> well, maybe like half or CrossFit chicks. But I think more like, uh, I, I guess when it comes to like how quickly people just want to kill stuff or like go into fight or whether or not like, like Dan, for some reason, all of Dan's characters, doesn't matter how wildly crazy or opposite it is, for some reason want to read 50 fucking books all the time. <laughs> even if it doesn't even match the character. Because it comes through from Dan, who, who or loves genuinely loves reading, yeah, yeah, and and uh, I must be fucking amazing in your eyes because I played the the most dull, boring life cleric <laughs> that just wanted to help everyone else. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, he, I guess he was kind of boring. I never thought about it that way, but I think you see what people will do as well when they have a little bit of power. Yeah, and you're level five. This is a level zero commoner. How will you treat them now that you have a Fill little their lungs bit, with water? Now that you have a little bit of imaginary power, yeah. or when you when when deciding who the leader is going to be at the table, how are we going to do this? Who's like I don't really give a shit, and who who absolutely wants to be the leader, and who absolutely definitely wants that person to not be the leader? No. Yeah, for me, it's it's determining what their uh, like. The big thing I always determine is how stressful a person's week's been. By how they come to the D and D table, because I, I I've been playing with the same group of guys for twenty something years, and I could tell when people are having a bad week. When like my buddy, who's usually uh, all he wants to do is role play and do some character development and everything else, slams his book on the table and goes, "All right, so who are we murdering first? It's like, oh, okay, that that I'm just gonna scrap this entire session of you know yeah. political intrigue that I had and just throw you at a. Group of goblins. Now yeah, I remember those people as well. I'm one of them sometimes. I remember those people because I'm like, oh, if the purge ever happens, I know what you're doing. Yeah. Because you're living this through your D&D. This is like the fifth episode where we brought up the purge. I this love is, it. Yeah, this, and it's only on Terry episodes that this <laughs> yeah. happens. I, I'm just surprised he hasn't done the noise yet because he does the noise every single time. There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Guys, we all have our repetitive behavior. All right? But that's good. It means I'm predictable. <laughs> is that good? Not for the purge. Well, yeah, yeah, really much not for the purge. It means that you know what I'll be doing should the purge happen. So, you you have warning. You got me with the variety stripper. <laughs> That's a good stripper name. It's a good stripper name. Thursday night she comes on as miscellaneous, like <laughs> miscellaneous. <laughs> Thank you for listening to an It's a Mimic production. <laughs> okay, you're done. Get it. <laughs> This is the height of dance comedy. <laughs>